0: Welcome to this edition of the Cougar Insider Podcast. In today's edition, we have a special guest in Alema Harrington, former BYU football player. We'll also be talking about BYU-Utah State, breaking down that game, and then giving you the latest on the BYU quarterback situation with Baylor Romney and Jaron Hall. This and much more in this edition of the Cougar Insider Podcast. Welcome to the Cougar Insider Podcast. I'm Dick Harmon, a columnist for the Deseret News, along with Beat Writer's Jay Drew and Brandon Gurney. We're working hard to give you the latest in-depth coverage of BYU. We do have in studio today Alema Harrington uh, from the famous family from Hawaii Five O as father, uh, And he's here. <laughs> we'll be breaking down a lot of stuff with him. We'd like to thank our great sponsor for this podcast, Mr. Mack. The best in dress selection. Mr. Mack will be with us all season long. Contact the folks at Mr. Mack as soon as you can. They are a sponsor of Cougar Insiders. So we're going to get to Alema in just a minute. But first of all, uh, probably the news of the week is uh, the quarterback situation jay drew do we learn anything today from the coaches
1: the only thing we really learned is that jaron hall has cleared protocol uh some middle of last week it sounds like during practice they he's been practicing again so they're not naming a starter very very coy about that as far as who it'll be baylor romney or jaron hall but uh, that's the one thing we did learn is that jaron hall is is available to play
0: what's your best guess jay
1: I think they go back to Jaron Hall. I think Kalani's going to be loyal to him. He won the job or the backup job, and I I think they'll go with Jaron Hall.
2: Brandon Gurney, will Romney, how will he handle that, uh, do you think? It's interesting. I, I think B. is in a very advantageous position, and I don't think they can make a bad decision here, if it's Romney or Hall. I I, I think they have a lot of uh, good options, and, and I agree with Jay. I think it's Hall, but but I think what you have to do with Hall, I yeah, I get all the drawback stuff. He's a drawback quarterback. He can do that. I get that, but when you watched him run against Toledo, he is absolutely extraordinary in that regard, more so than, than any other quarterback in the roster. To me, you have to utilize that. You absolutely have to, have to utilize that against a Utah State team, where this is an enormous game. I think it's Hall. I think he utilizes speed, just what he's able to do on the open field, and I think they go Jaron Hall.
0: me. you've been in a situation as a player where you've had two quarterbacks that have done really, really well. Uh, one injured, maybe coming off an injury, maybe because of competition, but what do you do as a team when you have two guys that really seem to be doing really really well and how do you handle that how do you support
3: them I think that that's the bigger dynamic that you look at that you know whether or not you know, who has the support and you don't want to fracture the you know your your team with you know this group with support for this guy this this group with support for that we've seen that in the past and that, that I don't think ever plays out well but I think you know to to Brandon's point uh, you're in a situation where you can make two good choices: whether you go with with Romney or you go with Hall. I like the loyalty of Kalani Satake to to go with Hall. You earn that position, and you, you know you, that old adage that you can't lose your starting role to uh, an injury. So when you come back, you should be available to at least reclaim that. And I, I agree too with with having watched Hall when he was at Maple Mountain, and then watch him. And his, you know the way that he ran against Toledo, the, the guy is a is a legitimate dual threat type of guy.
0: Well, Utah State's defense uh, has, has kind of struggled a little bit. And we saw them struggle against Air Force last week. They're 112th, I think, in uh, in defense and uh, in rushing defense, especially they've struggled there. But we saw the emergence of Sioni Finale against Boise State, uh, the longest run from scrimmage for a touchdown by a BYU player this year. Jaron Hall out there, maybe running a little bit of option, maybe putting pressure on their defense in a different kind of way could really you know go volumes to help this BYU offense that has really struggled. Jay Drew, um, Utah State is not your old Utah State from when uh, uh, BYU's played them for the past 20 years there's an up and coming program under Gary Anderson it was great last year they've lost 3 games i believe all of them on the road and all of them to a to teams that are combined i think 21 and 3 so the losses that they've had have been on the road to very good teams it seems like Utah State Jay has really got up for BYU this is this is something they tee off on is BYU at a situation now where they're taking it more serious than they have
1: I think so. I actually asked Diane Granvilleku that today. Is this game as important to BYU as it obviously is to Utah State? He said it is. We'll we'll really find out Saturday night, but uh yeah, I think I remember talking to the players after last year when Utah State brought the wagon wheel down to Provo that they had won previous year and how they paraded that around and kind of grinded it in, kind of rubbed it in, uh, t- did a little taunting, uh, and uh, obviously they deserved to do that. They won 45-20, to 20, but I think that really raised the, the ire of BYU's players. I think that really got their attention. I think they'll be ready Saturday.
0: And uh, Brandon, there, a lot of changes before last game. We saw some defensive changes. We saw some more aggressive alignments. We saw them get after the quarterback. We saw them bring six, seven people to the line on offense. We saw some changes a little bit on who was on the field, who was in the booth. Maybe some play calling. Maybe the use of the tight end. Do you think BYU will continue to press this aggressive button that they seem to have really
2: helped them, if not emotionally, then physically? I don't think there's any question. I think line play is going to largely dictate uh, the course of this game. Uh, Jordan Love and Utah State, they love to pass the football, but I think the course of this game is going to largely go by BYU's effectiveness to stop the run. It's been the thing all year long, all year long. Even against Boise, late in that game, Boise was gashing them. They were absolutely gashing them. And I don't know if that problem's been fixed. I, In fact, all indication is that it hasn't quite been fixed yet. So I think BYU really has to do well, better in that regard, uh, to come away uh, with a win against Utah State.
0: Alemna, BYU um, has kind of struggled at stopping the run. But Jordan Love has been kind of their bread and butter, and he's, he's one of the top quarterbacks the yeah. state's produced in a long, long time. Do you think BYU will come after him and pressure him a little bit? Or maybe fall back like Air Force did with eight, uh, an eight-man drop and, and really force him to make mistakes? Because he hasn't been very accurate.
3: For me, watching what happened... Not last week, the week before, in the game against Boise State, to see BYU switch things up like the fronts and and do some things differently was refreshing for for me as as you know a BYU alumni, a guy that you know follows the Cougars, to see them come after the quarterback and do a few things differently. I hope that they maintain that. It's not like they're incapable of rushing three and dropping eight. They've been doing that all year. So if they they feel like in in an in game adjustment, like let, let's do that, I think they're very. Very capable of doing that, but I like the new aggressive approach that we saw a couple of weeks ago in the victory against Boise State.
0: You know, Jay Drew, I just uh, bought a couple of suits uh, the other day at Mister Mac. Uh, they great service, they fit great, they weren't that expensive. Got a great bargain on that. I, I enjoy the clothing that they and the attention that they give you there at Mister Mac. How about you?
1: Yeah, me too. I bought bought a couple. Uh, my daughter's wedding, and then I took advantage of the sale two ninety nine get the second one free or for a dollar. And uh, love Mister Mack. Always go to the Fort Union store. They Take care of me.
0: Alema, you've been associated with Mr. Mac for a long, long time. You knew uh, Mr. Mac personally. Uh, Yes. Unfortunately, he passed away just recently. But what's been your experience with that store, with those people,
3: and with the owner? You know, the amazing thing about Mr. Mac for me is that they have always fit my style, regardless of what my style was. And you, and you know, as a younger player at BYU, my first suit I ever bought was a uh, a gladiator style suit from the Orem Mr. Mac store. And that, that ended up being the first suit I ever wore on TV when I was done playing football at BYU. And I still had that suit in the closet. But uh, the, it's the customer service that sets them apart. And, and it really is their ability to fit just about everyone. Because you can go in and right now we got a suit separate uh, sale that's going on two forty nine, and you can get you know a, a pair of pants and the the top different sizes because some guys you normally know, there's a six seven inch drop from what you wear in your 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 chest to your waist. And not everybody falls into that category. So to be able to go in and, and have anything from a thirty-six to a sixty-six in a in a jacket, and anything from a thirty to a, a sixty, you know, when it comes to the pants, it allows you to to be put into a, a suit that's going to fit you well. And they have slim fit, and they have uh, you know classic fit suits. And so you know, either way you go, whether it's for for a wedding coming up or you got kids going on missions, which I do, you know, there's always going to be something that, that that can be handled. But the best part about it is. Once you walk in there, you feel like you feel like Mac Christensen, the Mr. Mac, is taking care of you, regardless of what store you go in.
0: Thanks, Alema. Mr. Mack, great sponsor. Great place to get your menswear. Alema, well, we got you in here, let's let's chat just a minute about uh, Kalani Satake Yeah, as a, as a coach. I, is, is, I've known his father since we both went to high school at uh, Leohona High School. I was actually in junior high back in the mid-60s. Uh, and Kalani is a likable person. Mm-hmm. People love him. He's very friendly. He's very outgoing. He's trying to make his coaching style a little bit like Lavelle Edwards, where he is the person in the face and goes out and reaches. And puts his arm around people. He needs to have coaches around him like Lavelle did that take charge, mm-hmm. that that really get in there and do the nitty gritty stuff and, and do that. So that's why he's modeled it. He's come under a lot of fire for losing to teams like South Florida and um, and the UMass and, and Toledo, Toledo, Toledo. And, and and people are down on him. But but I think I would maintain that if if BYU is to go another direction, um, they would be hard pressed to find a person as well-received in the Polynesian community and recruiting. Now, things have changed. Maybe you could give us an idea and a glimpse how things have changed, but they would be hard-pressed to find somebody who could recruit defensive linemen and offensive linemen and linebackers like Kalani. I don't think you could bring anybody that could do that.
3: You know, the thing that I would say as far as, you know, it, things have changed is that what has changed has gotten harder and harder now that you've got Big 12, Big 10. You, I mean, you've got now Pac-12, was which was always kind of active in the recruiting process for that Polynesian defensive offensive lineman. Now it's expanded more. It's even more difficult to get that guy. Um, for, for BYU, and looking at what which Kalani Sitake brings, and, and I remember this from the days when he was still down in Southern Utah. I'd see Kalani in Hawaii when we would do the Hawaii All-Star game for the seniors, and his recruiting, his presence was very powerful, still is to this day. Um, And I don't know that you're going to find anybody else – in, in the industry, speaking of the coaching industry, that will be able to do what, what Kalani is doing right now. And I, I made this statement last week that for, for me as a former BYU player, looking at where Kalani is right now, you know, my question is like, why have you not re-upped this guy yet? And so I get a little frustrated with that because to me, it's like, what more do you need to see? And where else would you go if you want a different direction? Now, there's other directions you can go, and it's not going to act like there aren't other coaches out there. But I think Kalani, I still believe 100% that Kalani is the guy.
0: Brandon Gurney, you, you before he was the head coach, you would often speak about Kalani in a setting, in a football camp, the all-poly camp, and, and things like that. He has that aura about him. But some of his critics are saying, well, he's not getting these recruits, but neither is Utah.
2: Yeah, recruiting is so complex and it's so nuanced that it's hard to put it on one guy. I think a lot of the inclination of the uninformed fan is like Kalani's not getting this guy, he's not doing it. There's so many more factors. I mean, Kalani can only do so much, and I and I believe that if you can get a recruit on campus and just have that time with Kalani, that's going to be huge because I think Kalani in and of himself is fantastic in that regard. But but I think the staff there, there's been some some things that have kind of fallen through, and uh, and just where BYU is at, at in the football li- landscape. That hurts. But, I i mean, my honest answer here, I talk to high school coaches all the time just about how BYU's regard. BYU's lost ground. There is absolutely no question. You talk to these coaches, just, just typical BYU guys, and, and the common refrain I, I hear is, I used to be a BYU guy. I hear that from Utah County coaches. That needs to change, and it's far more than Kalani. It, it's the administration, the power alignment. Beating Utah, that would be a big thing. That would be a huge thing. But there's a lot of factors going against BYU right now, and and I think Kalani's doing the best he can but but we'll see how it shakes out but there's a lot of factors when it goes comes to recruiting.
0: J.D., we excuse Jeff Call. He's our basketball expert here, but we're going to call on you now to give us what you know about how this team is shaping up. And also a shout out to Dave Rose's family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave had a heart attack last week after coming back from 3 weeks in uh, in Europe uh, and after you know before that his wife bought him a brand new uh 2000 19 Jeep Rubicon and he's driving that around he's enjoying his retirement And then this hits him our hearts go out to him What do we know about him in basketball?
1: My heart as well goes out to Dave and his family. I, I think they're also building uh, their dream home, so they're in the middle of that, too. So, just a real tough situation, but, you know, Dave Rose has beat cancer a couple times, and uh, and I think he'll he'll beat this as well. Um, as far as the team, they got big news this week with uh, Alex Barcelo being ruled uh, by the NCAA eligible to play, not having to sit out a year, the Eric transfer from Arizona. That'll be huge. Now they wait on uh, Richard Harwood. They really Really need a big guy. He's the big guy from UVU. My people tell me that the other UVU transfer, or one of the three, Wyatt Lowell, didn't uh, apply for a hardship. So right now their their best bet relies on uh, on Richard Harward because they're very very thin inside, losing Gavin Baxter for the season. But uh, but I think it was finally some good news for a program that needed it with Barcelo being made available this season. And um, the I guess Friday they start the exhibition season again and Tyler, Texas, a team from Tyler, Texas. So uh, here we go. Uh, Mark Pope's first year should be really interesting to watch.
0: Let's go around the, the horn here and get our predictions on this game with uh, BYU and Utah State. And let's start off with you, Alema. Yeah.
3: For, for, for me, I look at, at you know, the game against Utah State and, and I can recall one of the colder games I played in. In fact, the snow was so heavy up at Utah State that you couldn't see the scoreboard. And I understand it's going to be cold, late late kick for, for that game. Um, This is what I think. I think BYU's going to have to come back to win this game but i think that that the, the cougars do come back and win it by seven let's say 28 to 21
1: jay drew yeah i think uh brandon hit it the byu's got to stop the run if they can stop the run make aggies a one-dimensional team i think they're uh they can do that i think they've made enough adjustments to get that done however i think utah state's going to have the best player on the field jordan love and i think uh He'll make the plays down the stretch to pull it out, so I'm going to go 35-31
2: Aggies. And Brandon Gurney. I think BYU gets this one. I think they've learned a lot of hard lessons. I think they're, they've utilized their bye week a lot better, I, and I think they're going to be more creative on offense. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think BYU wins this one probably 38-35.
0: And I think BYU struggles to get off to a start-quick Start start, quick start will hurt them a little bit up in Logan. It seems like that's this team's personality is to kind of start slow, but they've also not scored very much in the fourth quarter in almost three or four games. They just yeah. been outscored like 30 to, to nothing. So they really, in the middle of this game, have to bring a fight to the to, to Yaggies. And, and I'm thinking it's going to be close. I, I think that the difference will be BYU's developed some depth on defense and with their offensive line. And they got some fresh uh, legs in there with Sioni Finau. And, and I think that that will be the difference. I'm going to call it close. Uh, I'll say 24-21. Um, but, gentlemen, thanks for being with us. Uh, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Cougar Inside Podcast. We'd love to hear from you through email at Insiders uh, at And please subscribe or download our podcast wherever you find it. We're looking to deliver you the most up-to-date information on BYU sports and love to have you join us. Big shout-out to Mr. Mack as our sponsor. Tune in for great Mr. Mac promotions and sale information all season long. Thanks for joining us here on the Cougar Insider Podcast.